Welcome to the Hello Hello World podcast with me, Candace Smollard. Hello Hello World is available wherever you stream podcasts. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. On today's episode, I speak with the lovely Joanne Pizzuto. Joanne is a teacher at Dr. David Suzuki Public School in Windsor, Ontario. During my chat with Joanne, we speak a lot about education, the environment and gardening, and how how all those things tie into her teaching style. We talk a little bit about her journey and, and what influenced her to become a teacher and how she influences others to continue on an educator's path. I'm continuously learning from Joanne. It's been lovely knowing her and having her in our lives these last few years. During my chat with Joanne, I do a quick question game with her and we speak about her favorite flower. Kind of putting her on the spot. She tells a beautiful story. I can't wait for you to hear it. In the story, she refers to the flower as a hyacinth which in fact, it is a hydrangea. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you learn something. Grab some water. Thanks for listening. Hello, Joanne. Hello, Candice. Hi, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. You're welcome. My pleasure. So was it another great day in the wonderful world of kindergarten today? (laughs) Yes, it was. Every day is a wonderful day in the wonderful world of kindergarten. I'm very, very fortunate to be able to spend my days with uh, these uh, beautiful little people I work with every day. Oh, it's so amazing. I love seeing and listening to my daughter's stories when she gets home. It's always something amazing that happened at school oh yes and and the great thing about it is that um olivia uh takes in everything right and and really um things that sometimes go over other children's head never olivia always catches things so it's it's great to uh to be able to you know have those conversations with her um she's she's just so delightful in every way Oh, thank you for saying that. She loves you right back. Honestly, she really does. You've been a huge influence on this household for sure. Well, she definitely is, I I believe, headed down the education path. Uh, she just has that, that way about her when, you know, she just c- can come into something so naturally and just, and she doesn't think twice if a child is in need or um, even if she sees myself or Miss Lozon, um, you know, having to do something and she just steps right in without even asking. So I see uh, myself in her when I was that age. So you'll, you'll continue to see that every year with educators that she'll, she'll be the one that uh, is definitely wanting to help out and um, she's a natural. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you. So for everyone who's listening, Ms. Pizzuto is a educator, a kindergarten teacher at 
Dr. David Suzuki Public School here in Windsor, Ontario, and she is one of the most delightful educators ever. Um, That's very kind of you. (laughs) Um, Now that you're talking about seeing educators, is that something that you've pointed out in many of your students and have your students now become teachers from the past? Oh, absolutely. I've had... uh you know I've been in education for for many many years and uh, I have definitely when when I see that um, love of learning and that you know just that it comes from within that they they want to be helpful and they 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 want to share what they know and they're confident speaking in front of others that I've encouraged many um, educators to continue their path towards education and to go into teaching, especially during the difficult times um, over the years when, the, you know, we struggled with jobs, finding jobs, um, you know, whether it was an educator or an EC, especially when they took the ECs out of kindergarten many many years ago and it wasn't until full day kindergarten came about 10 years ago that they brought back childhood educators and I remember having conversations with students who wanted to go into um, the uh, to the college to become an ECE and really struggled with am I going to get a job when I graduate and you know I had those conversations where if it's something that you're passionate and something that you love, you, you have to go for it, no matter, you know, what the obstacles are. I remember myself uh, back when I was in high school, and uh, it was a time where there were no jobs for educators at all. And uh, the, the counselors were you know, suggesting to go into other fields. Oh, no, you don't want to go into teaching because when you graduate, there'll be no jobs. And I think back now, and if I would have, you know, listened to them, I would have, you know, definitely have been in another career. And I don't think I would have been as happy um, as I am now, you know, so many years later and still loving what I'm doing. So I think that because of my experience, I've always have encouraged people to go for, you know, what, what they really are passionate about, because I think that um, what makes people successful in life is that passion. I truly, truly believe that. Um, And so uh, there are many, many educators that I see now um, that I taught. (laughs) So uh, that, that is great. It it really is. And now I'm seeing their, you know, their children and uh, uh, which is wonderful too. And, and, you know, that's the great thing about being also in the same community um, for many, many years. Yeah. And you say the word passion with such passion. It's, it's amazing. And that's what we try and instill in our kids as well is to figure out what your passion may be. And it may not be figured mm-hmm. out right away, but that's what we instill in them as well. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Do you, would you say that you've always had, you're influencing others to become educators? Would you say that you've always had that in you to want to become an educator? Or was there an influence that you had someone? 
I, you know what? I think it was just my experience as a student. I think because um, my parents uh, came to Canada from Italy. So I was um, two when we came over. I was born in Italy and we um, came over to Canada. And I remember um, starting kindergarten and not having any English in all, at all. And I remember how that felt. I remember um, a lot of uh, children constantly staring at me and the teacher doing a lot of gestures to try and get me to understand what was happening. And, uh, and I think that um, it has, you know, fast forward, you know, through my grade school years, I, I really, I would run home from school and I would want to be the teacher every year. I would set, I set up a little school in my basement. Um, I remember, <laughs> this is funny because um, my mother used to shop at NND and they used to have the carts where you could sit under them. So I would pretend that I was taking a class on a field trip and I would sit under and I would like, if anybody saw me and, you know, my mother and I in the grocery store, they would think, what is that child doing? Like, she's just talking. Who is she talking to? And so it was at a very, very young age that I always just knew that that's what I wanted to do. I just, there was something about um, uh, the whole um, process of, you know, uh, teaching that just really um, it made me happy. And, and it was something that, that I, I, I knew no matter what, no matter what anyone said, that that's what I was going to do in the end. I was going to become a teacher. And you did it. So well. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. It's amazing. That's such a beautiful story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, oh, absolutely. So as far as your many, many, in your words, years of teaching, would you say that maybe you've developed your own teaching style or is there, because I feel as though speaking to friends and growing up around educators, I, I've never seen the type of style. And I say this because I also watched the online and I saw what you did every day. And the fact that the children in such small age groups didn't realize they were doing mathematics and arithmetic and all the things they were doing. They thought they were just dancing and having fun. So mm -hmm. um, I haven't seen specifically it teaching. I also touch base on the fact that you're also outside a lot with your kids. Can you kind of touch base with me on that? Absolutely. So I think that um, I truly believe that that even when I started my career and I was teaching um, uh, grade one and grade two, there was an approach that was called the whole language approach to education. And um, it's very, very similar. If you Google uh, whole language, there's a clip a cnn clip that's very very short that it just talks about the whole language ap approach to teaching which is um similar to play-based learning 
So uh, uh, often when I, I teach the kindergarten AQ courses and I would show educators this clip and we would have a discussion about what does this remind you of? And it's exactly um, play-based learning. It's, it's, and it's interesting because whole language, the only reason why it really sort of never um, fully rolled out was because there was a misconception that phonics was not being taught to children. Um, and children were learning in a way that um, children have to be interested. They, you have to approach education where um, you are supporting children individually and you're supporting what they're interested in. So with um, kindergarten, the play-based learning, which is the inquiry-based learning, is that everything is encompassed into um, what we're doing each and every day. So I'm not teaching in isolation. Just like when I was teaching um, grade one and grade two, I, I approached it where my children were learning in centers. My, I, my, I would take what the children were interested in and we would learn about that. So whether it was, you know, if we were learning about uh, panda bears or we were learning about the rainforest, uh, math was incorporated into it. Writing was incorporated into it. So, the, uh, I, and it's interesting because, um, you know, you have the very traditional way of teaching where um, children are, you know, given a lot of worksheets and um, you're, I always use, coin the, use the, the phrase, you're stuffing the duck. If you're constantly um, teaching in, in front of children and you're just giving them information and then you're asking them to give them, give back that information, how are children really developing all the skills that they need? How are they going to become problem solvers? How are they going to be able to work with other children? All the 21st century skills that children need in order to, you know, be successful today in, in the world. Um, are, are we doing that if we are constantly just stuffing them with information? So I truly believe that children learn by doing. And that that's my philosophy is that you know, uh, children come to school each day and they are eager to show us what they know. And then we are the, the ones who jump in where we see that they need support. And, and it's interesting because um, I've had many visitors throughout the years and I have children that are at all different levels. And I have children that are, um, you know, are, are struggling and then I have children that are excelling. And um, when I have visitors, like uh, if I welcome the St. Clair uh, students um, with Catherine Petro brings a group of students uh, um, every year to visit my kindergarten classroom. And one of the things that we talk about afterwards when, when I um, present to them and we have a conversation about, you know, what, what was it like in, our, in the kindergarten room? What did you notice? And they, they always notice that they can never figure out which students are struggling because they're they're happy they they are working at their level we're supporting them at their level and I think that um, my experience of being one of those uh, students when I was very young that uh, struggled the first couple of years because um, of the the language barrier 
I, I know how it feels to be centered out. And I know that, um, that, that feeling, uh, really sometimes, you know, um, it stays with you because I, I think I don't, I don't want another student to feel that way. I, I, I had to really work hard to, um, you know, through school and, um, and, I wish that it was different in a way, but I think back that it made me the person I am in order to relate to, I think that I bring that experience into how I teach now. So really, when we look at education today and we look at the kindergarten program, which by the way, is is so successful. I I am so proud to be a part of the last um, 10 years of what... uh, um, this province has done to bring full day learning to every child in the province. Um, and, and I think it, that it is very successful, but the key in keeping it um, successful is really educating the parents about how children learn through play, because that's been our biggest sort of barrier is that parents think, well, you know, my kids can play at home. Like, how is it that they're learning? Um, and I think that's why for us, the the important part of um, this being successful is for us as educators to make sure that we share um, with parents how your child is learning through play. How, you know, how is it that within those two years that we cover everything that, you know, that that is in because we have a kindergarten curriculum. Um, and uh, I just I just think that that's, uh, um, uh, you know, for for that uh, to build that understanding is one of the most important parts of that. I'm sure I went off. You know, I do this a lot. <laughs> I, I, I apologize if I started talking about something different. <laughs> no, it's passion. That's yeah, what we're doing here. <laughs> and working with their hands is important for you. Hence the um, modeling clay. I always forget what it's called. The baking clay. Yes. Today. Um, It's, it's wonderful because uh, you know, one of the things that I'm missing the most right now is uh, not being able to, to bake and cook with the kids. Um, That's a huge part of our program. So the baking clay is something that, you know, uh, it's very easy for even the children to do and you know we air dry it or we um, put it in the oven and we bake it and the great thing about it is that it can become anything at all so that that's what the children love is is when um, and that's the whole um, you know premise of the 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 uh, open art studio is that um, it's not uh, cookie cutter art it is not something that I remember back in the day um, when I first started uh, teaching that, you know, there were many bulletin boards that were um, everybody's looked the same. And if yours didn't look the same, then you did something wrong. <laughs> so um, thank goodness we've moved away from that and that we look at, at boards now where they're documentation boards and they they really... Um, showcase what the children are doing so something like the modeling clay is so open-ended that the the children are really able to show their their creative side and um yesterday we went up to the upstairs garden 
And I'm, I've been talking to the kids about, you know, it, it looks like, you know, winter is just about done and spring is coming. Well, now's the perfect time to collect all these wonderful dry flowers everywhere and um, things that, you know, are, are going to be uh, disappearing in the next uh, couple of weeks. So we collect them. We go out, out with our scissors and our baskets and we use them in, in art. Uh, so the baking clay today, um, it was interesting because we took a walk to the forest yesterday. My kids call it a forest and really it's not a forest, but <laughs> it's in Realtor Park and it's where all the the trees are there's a collection of trees way at the back and there's someone in the neighborhood that puts up two little bird feeders and uh so my kids love it because we sort of try to tiptoe in and then we see all the birds that are around there and then um then we explore and one of the things that we were looking for were any uh, any seed pots and we did find some so Today, the whole discussion at the art studio as children were coming and going was a conversation about um, making that forest, which was wonderful. So experiences build knowledge, which in turn give them that, you know, motivation to come over and to be able to do something. Because that's, I find the hardest part for children when they start in a kindergarten program that's so open-ended is that if they haven't had those experiences at home, where they don't have the open-ended materials, um, they they struggle at first because they, they it's like you know it's a it's a, a blank ca- canvas our classroom it's it's not where you know you're going to do this and it's going to look like that it never happens that way you're going to do you're going to take this and what are you going to create with it is a good is a perfect way of looking at it yes. It is a very perfect way of looking at it. And to go back to the forest, yes, I've been not dragged, but I've been brought to that forest you... multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about that forest that they just love. They find fascinating. So yeah, they were they were very excited to um and, and we have to time it perfectly because it's quite the hike, right? And we have to make sure that we give them enough time in the forest and then we are able to make it back to the school by the end of the day. And yes, we I love one of my favorite things is watching you guys walking in your line as I'm waiting in my car walking <laughs> up to the school. Oh, and the conversations, oh, they are delightful the 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 children just you know are they're just so happy um they are very uh uh, very close-knit group and uh they the personalities mesh so nicely that it's it's really nice to hear how they um can uh you know be with one child one day and then um, be with another the other day and just they mix so nicely. My, it's a kind of a joke in our house about how much Miss Pizzuto knows about our family because I can only imagine the stories <laughs> that you hear daily. Oh, I love the stories. They're, they're, they're wonderful. They, they, they just, uh, 
it, it's, it's funny what children will share, you know, each day with us and, and make us laugh and that. So, and, and that's, that's good because they feel very comfortable with us, right? They, um, and that's, again, it speaks to the, having the children for the two years, which, which is, is such a great part of, of kindergarten. Yes. Um, you mentioned earlier the upstairs garden mm-hmm. is, is that, I mean, I know what grows up there and what you do up there, but can you talk a little bit about what's going on up in that amazing spot of yours? Absolutely. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I uh, really um, stood out for me when um we built the school, which is going on 11 years now. Um, I remember being part of the process of the planning committee um, when the school was being built, because I was down the street at Concord School, and it was Concord School and Princess Anne that closed, and then um, Dr. David Suzuki School took its place. So the the one of the things that really just to me was like the perfect um, – perfect uh, classroom in the perfect uh, part of the school was um, having a kitchen in the classroom. And then on top of that, having the, the upstairs garden, because I truly, truly believe that children um, at a very young age need to understand where, where their food comes from. They need to start to have that connection with the earth and they do that by gardening. They, they truly um, start to develop a love of, of and an understanding of appreciating what is put on their dinner table each day. And, um, and then they'll, they'll grow up and they'll want to, you know, have their own garden and, and do those things because it's something that they started at such a young age. And one of the things... Um, COVID has been very, very difficult for everyone, but as a gardener, one of the positive things that has come out in the last year uh, are the number of people that have now taken up gardening. Um, that to me was, you know, amazing because uh, I, I think that w- once you become a gardener, you, you're hooked, you will always be a gardener. And that's why um, in the upstairs garden, I, I'm taking the children upstairs right now because um, we have watched our pumpkins decompose uh, um, and we took out all the seeds. So we already have all our seeds that are ready to go. I have two little greenhouses that will come down into my classroom and they will sit under, we have two uh, little skylights that are in there um, that uh, bring sunlight into our classroom. And the children will, will be the ones who um, will be doing all of that. It will not be where I, um, you know, uh, supervise it and make sure they're doing this or make sure they're doing that. I, I t- strongly believe that it's, it's uh, trial and error, especially with the JKs, um, um, that they, they, they need to learn. It, it, um, if I'm telling them, you know, make sure you do this and do this and do this and do this, uh, you know, then there isn't that sense of, well, why didn't mine grow? Well, let's, let's talk about it. Let's see what, what do you think you, you did here? 
um, you know, when Johnny's putting in like five seeds and then um, barely putting any soil in and then um, giving it more, flooding it each day with so much water, you know, there's, there's a lesson to be learned there. Right. And so it's that, uh, um, and the great thing about it is the, the role that the SKs take because they really take on a leadership role and they really help in, in helping the JKs to understand that, you know, this is the way we do it. And especially when we were, uh, harvesting, when we were collecting the seeds, when we were opening up our, our pumpkins and our squash back in the fall. And, you know, that became an entire math lesson that became, you know, how many seeds do you think are in there? Do you think the seeds are bigger? Do you think the seeds are smaller? Um, and, and to hear the JKs from their experience last year, really walk the, the, um, sorry, to hear the SKs really help the JKs and walk them through it was amazing. Like we used old CD, um, covers, to um and we made sure the seeds were dry and we put them inside um and and that started last year because and i believe it was your daughter actually with um because philippa um who i know is a very good friend of yours uh was the one that um uh talked about the library uh having the the seed exchange program so it's interesting what the children bring into the classroom also with their own experiences at home. So my my children are getting very, very excited about the planting. And they will be the ones that will, um, you know, prepare the gardens upstairs. We're going to be cleaning the gardens upstairs. We are going to be getting our seeds ready. Um, and they will do the labeling. They, they do it all. And uh, that's that's so exciting for us to have. Yes. Um, and you think, Philip, I wish she was my really good friend. She's just somebody I really admire. Just to touch base oh. on that. Um, I, she's just great. One day we will be really good friends. <laughs> Maybe I've planted a seed. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Literally. Um the is it accessible to the whole school absolutely it is here? it is um so uh and and i have a you know so many children that have gone um through the kindergarten program that uh, have that knowledge right going uh, um into uh you know the older grades that um each uh each classroom can be designated an area where they would like to plant. Um, so uh, my uh, children have an entire patch that we uh, will decide, uh, you know, how, you know, where we're going to be putting the plants, what we're, what, you know, um, just different areas. We also have some uh, pots and things that we can use up there also. So if we want to put a couple of things that we have planted into pots, we can also do that um, and just do, a, you know, a couple of little experiments here and there. But it's those experience um, that really build language, right? So, um, you know, I could read a story about gardening, but it's, it's you know, it's not the same as children actually going through the whole process and doing it because that's how children learn is they learn 
by doing and and that's really i think um the whole uh foundation of our kindergarten program is that um we we have to allow children to be able to experience these things because they they will build knowledge by by being able to be a part of it i think because it's taught also at a very young age that it absorbs more and they're more likely to continue on and have that knowledge in them and hopefully they bring it home if the family's already not doing those types of things or um, I think a lot of the things that they learn specifically within that school and at such a young age are really going to carry them to be good humanitarian people oh I totally agree with that I I see it in in those children each and every day and I hear it from the parents also if you are a family that wasn't recycling prior to coming into Suzuki, you will be once your children go through the kindergarten program. And, and also, I even see it in their lunches each day. I see, um, uh, we talk about that during the orientation. Um, we, we talk about uh, um, the, the perfect lunches are the ones where the children have the little containers that, you know, they become responsible with and that they are a part of packing their lunch, right? So they have a little bit of fruit, um, a little bit of vegetables. Some of them bring in hummus, some cheese, all, you know, I see the, the boiled eggs that are coming in now, the children that are having the eggs, the protein. So, um, and I see less and less packages um and and i think part of that comes from the children sitting in the cafe we uh, our children have an open snack time so um where they um can choose during um the morning when they would like to go have snack and it's interesting how the the children talk about their lunches and talk about what they're eating and then you see the shift away from the packaging into more of the lunch boxes that are like the planet box lunch boxes but there's a lot of them out there now where um they're they're just they're, they're perfect because there's no packaging there there's no there's no garbage there's there's nothing at all and uh and another great thing um, about Suzuki is when um, Carrie Greender and our principal installed the water stations throughout the school because the majority of my children are drinking water. I, I, I don't, the great thing is I don't see the Lunchables anymore and I, and I don't see, um, I see very, very few um, children with with the, even the the juice boxes. So I'm very happy about That's that. Really <laughs> good to hear. Yes, that makes me happy too. The straw is just such an annoying. Plus the plastic packaging yes. over the yes. straw. Yes. Uh, 
It doesn't no. make any sense to no. me. No, and I think it. that parents are feeling um, the same way, and that's why there's that shift. The more you hear about it, the more it makes you pause and think about it, right? So when you're in that grocery store and you're looking at that box and you're looking at the straw and you're looking at that packaging, for I hope for many that it makes you think twice about that. I I do understand it, the convenience of it, and I I had plenty of them growing up and there's no judgment but for me I don't feel it to be necessary but I'm a little proactive when it comes to uh low waste and which recycling. is something that I just love about you <laughs> <laughs> um before I ask you a couple other things I wonder if you will play a, a quick question sure. game with me Okay, I'm just going to ask you a few questions, and you can answer them just so that we can learn okay. a little bit more about you, besides oh, being the best educator. You're, you're very world. sweet, but there, there, thank goodness there are so many out there. <laughs> That's right. Very true, because we need, we need teachers to educate yeah, for the sure. future, right? Okay, uh, favorite flower. Uh, I love, um, uh, you know what it is the, uh, I'll tell you the story around why I love the flower so much. It's hyacinths. And what's interesting about mm -hmm. hyacinths is that I have loved them, um, since I was young and I, I don't know why I just, there was something about the flower that I just loved and I, I surround myself with them. Um, I have them in my garden when they come out at Easter, I, I, um, I buy them, I give them as gifts all the time. Um, and one year, um, we went to Italy, um, in the month of June, it was at the end, it was the very last day of school. And the, the, um, I flew out the, the next day, um, and never have I been to Italy during the month of June. Well, let me tell you when I got off, um, the airplane and was driving into, um, my, where I grew up in Genova, they were everywhere. So that to me was like, I, I was like in shock. I couldn't believe it. I had no idea. And my husband just looked at me and he said, oh my gosh, that's why you love this flower so much. It's like, it's a part of you. <laughs> so yeah, you, you know what? It's, they're, they, they, they're beautiful. They just, they're, they're all different colors and they're, um, uh, um, and, and I, I don't know if there's a, there is a, a little bit of smell to them, but not like one that's not like Lily of the Valley or do you know what I mean? Um, it's, they're just, mm -hmm. um, they're beautiful. They're, it's something about it's, I think it, it, it makes me happy. That's a good way of describing it. Yes. It's nostalgia. Absolutely. That's that's great. Okay. Uh, what time did you go? To okay. Bed so, um, we go to bed early <laughs> and, oh no, 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 not at all. So normally my husband and I, um, we're, we carpool. 
Um, and we have for the last several years. Well, COVID put a, a, you know, a little bit of a spin on that because my husband has to start an hour earlier now. So my husband gets up at four to go to work for, he has to leave the house by 5.30. So I'm up at five. So we're in bed between eight and 8.30. <laughs> and I need that. I, I need that no, energy. I am like, I need sleep in order to be the, you know, uh, be on, be a hundred percent every single day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's what I tell Yes. I should talk about that. I should talk about that to the children. Yes. How, actually, I did have a conversation about that. Um, I, I talked about how the, the, we, we talked about how the days are getting longer, how the sun is still out when we're having dinner and how, you know, you may think that, um, you can stay up longer. Um, I said, but you can't, <laughs> so I, I'll have that conversation with them again. That's so funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, your preference, oh, coffee or tea? definitely coffee. That's the Italian in me, for sure. For sure. <laughs> I am. At first, that, you know, that was awesome when um, I started drinking. My husband does it every single day. And then I started up again. And um, the conversation that morning was, so a five-year-old tells you that, <laughs> meaning Olivia... <laughs> how good uh, lemon water is, <laughs> but you don't listen to your husband. <laughs> I said, well, Olivia's mom and Olivia, it was on the television. It was on the Good Morning America. So that, that, was, a, that was a funny conversation at the dinner table. <laughs> I have a really good, um, not cleanse but a, a type of book that this lady she just wrote this amazing cleanse I guess it is a cleanse and uh she speaks a lot about how warm lemon water in the morning is one of the best things totally agree body. with that yeah um last one how about actually um book? I have two that are my favorite and of course, one is a children's book, and uh, and it's interesting. Um, it, this this I'm staring at it right now because I thought maybe you might ask me that. <laughs> My first book is um, it's called "What Does It Mean to Be Present," and um, it's by Reina Dioria, and uh, the last name spelled D I O R I O. So uh, a couple of years ago, um, one of the things that I um, in I was teaching a kindergarten AQ course during the summer, and and I kept talking to these students, um, these teachers, about the importance of being present because that um, what cell phones have done is they've really taken that away from many relationships that parents have with their children, um, and even educators. Uh, you know, not being uh, fully present. Um, and that's one of the things um, teaching a course face-to-face, -face, uh, a kindergarten AQ course face-to-face, -face, I said that the, the one thing that I expected that each time you walked into my 
my classroom and you spent the evening with me once a week that you were fully present because if you were um you know if your phone was there uh, were were you fully present you know are you going to be fully present so um we talked a lot about that throughout the course and they ended up finding me this book that they presented to me the very last day of class and it's it's called what does it mean to be present and it just is absolutely wonderful because it is a children's book and um it talks about the importance of you know, in our society today with technology really um, taking, you know, such a hold on relationships uh, that we we need to model for children the importance of being present. And um, it, it, children watch our every move. They see what, the, what we're doing. And if we're constantly um, attached to our, our, our phones, what message are we sending to, to children? So that's, that's the first book that, you know, I, 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 each time I teach a course or I teach a class, I read this story. Um, the other book is, um, one book that I always give to new mums and I talk about in my course is Einstein never used flashcards. And what's so wonderful about this book is, is that it really, uh, once again, talks about the importance of play. And, um, and I'll just share one of my favorite chapters. I think it's chapter three, where it talks about math, because, you know, in the last couple of years, we've been um, talking so much about math, like it used to be literacy in, in the education world that really dominated. And then all of a sudden, we started to see that children were really, really struggling with math. And we, you know, what, what was happening that, you know, children were, were really struggling in that area. And I truly believe that part of it is what the children, the experiences they have prior to coming to school. So when I think back to my own two children, when I think about the experiences that I, that they had when they were young and everything from participating in setting the table to participating in making, helping to make, uh, whether it was baking something or helping, you know, their dad make pizza, um, all of that encompassed, you know, math. When we went to the grocery store and I would say, you know, or to the market, we used to go to the market every Saturday, uh, the Walkerville market there. And I would say, you know, go get me five apples, go get me, you know, um, you know, how many bananas do you think we need? Again, there, there was math when, when we would play. Um, they would play in the bathtub and they would um, have different containers and they would pour into different containers. Um, when they would play with their blocks, the open-ended materials that I talked about earlier, when they were stacking or building or the, and the, the biggest part being the conversation about math. What do you think, you know, uh, is behind there? What does that sign say up there? How fast should mommy and daddy be going? So 
when when children aren't aren't experiencing those things because as parents we think that we've been bombarded with how important it is to put our child on an iPad and have them do these you know these uh, these apps and all the rest that that's what's going to make them the, them smarter is that we're forgetting that the most important part is that the experience that children need to be able to experience math and and I think that that's the great part of kindergarten and and in this book, Einstein never used flashcards. Those are exactly the things that it talks about. It talks about to a new parent that you know you don't need to be showing your kids flashcards and drilling them with uh, you know numbers and things like that. You need to be helping them learn about the world by letting them experience the world. And and I think that that's a huge that that was a huge part of it. So. I think that uh, having full day learning kindergarten where children are doing math every day, but at times they don't realize they're doing math, right? Just like what you said with what the things that we were doing online, the children don't realize that it's math, yet they're getting those foundational skills. So that's what was missing when, when we looked at oh my goodness, why are these children not making connections? Because without those foundational skills, they can't go on to the higher level of math that they need to go on to. So it was just interesting. So Einstein Never Used Flashcards continues to be one of my favorite books. And um, a friend of mine gave it to me years ago. And I was on my way to... um, uh, we were on our way to a family vacation and um, we, we had to wait at the airport and I read the entire book while waiting. That's how much I could not put this book down. Um, beca- and then I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this to every parent that I know. So those, the, you know, I, I'm, I'm that geek that still loves educational books right now. I know that once I retire, that will change and I'll, uh, I'll go into the, the different, um, uh, you know, uh, books. But for now, it's, it's the educational books that still make me so happy. Yes. I love receiving books as gifts. So that's pro- everyone. Oh, probably it's really absolutely wonderful. From you. It truly is. Um, you talked a little bit about mm. iPads and technology. And do you see, say, compared to when you first started teaching to the last 10 years even, do you see a difference yes. in children's learning? And if so, do you think um, I, I think there are several related? layers there. Um, I mean, it, it would be great to do some research around that. Uh, I, I truly believe that um, uh, part of it is, you know, I, it, it, parents' intention, their intention is always to do their best when it comes to their children, right? Um, but sometimes there are, our lifestyles get so busy or that, you know, we, we need something to occupy our child that it's so much easier to hand them a phone or hand them an iPad. Uh, Children, um, like going back to what I was saying earlier, in order to develop 
um, they need to develop in all areas. And this is everything from fine motor to gross motor um, to being read to at night. Um, I, I know the minute a child walks through my doors and I've spent a couple of days with them that you can see where they haven't had lots of experience with using their hands to build or to create or to have experience with with um, art material, with pencil, with and and they're really good at swiping because they you know that they 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 can do a tablet or they can you know um, work off a phone very easily. But the, the you know and then there's the language part also because. Um, you know, books do so many great things for children. They they connect them with a parent at the end of the day, um, and they allow for um, imagining something and and you know having that conversation together about uh, you know what the story was about and. Um, looking at the illustrations and really that's the beginning stage of reading there. And um, there, there's nothing better than reading to your child. But when we become a society that we were, we're so fast paced that there isn't always time for a story. There isn't, it's, it's much easier for us to pull out an iPad or a telephone than it is for a child to all of a sudden, you know, be surrounded by all these blocks and toys and all the rest that maybe, you know, might stress a parent out because, oh my God, there's just another mess there that I need to clean up. So I, I have, you know, been on the receiving end of seeing children that are have come in that are developmentally delayed because of lack of experiences whether it's the language whether it's the fine motor um, whether it's uh, you know their gross motor because they're you know the other important thing is letting children be able to climb and run and do all those ha- those things um, is something as simple as catching a ball. And um, when children are coming in and they don't have those experiences, you see it right away because they, you know, you're, you're the one who's now going to be teaching them to, you know, get to where other children are already at. And I'm finding that um, I notice in the last couple years that there is a real shift to the parents that are walking through our doors where they're really educating themselves about um, what type of school they want to put their child in. So whether it's, um, you know, uh, we, we know, we refer to as, as the parents are shopping around during the, um, the open house that we have. And I think that that's wonderful because they want to know what's the best fit for their child. What, what's, where am I going to put my child? And one of the things that I, I love is that many parents are loving how much time we're spending outdoors. I never, ever have a parent who is, who is saying to me, you know, oh, 
I don't agree with it. You're spending way too much time outside. And I think part of it is, is because we're showing them the learning that's taking place outside. And, you know, sometimes, you know, I, 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 I tweet out everything that happens in my classroom each day, but I really believe that the best form of my advertisement of what I do each day is the child that goes home and shares with mom and dad what they've done each day. Well, you know, and, and they can, you know, basically see by, you know, sometimes the paint or the dirt or the mud or the, (laughs) what their child has been engaged in all day. And, um, they can, and, and also the, the, the best thing I truly believe is how well my kids sleep at night. That is one of the biggest things that I hear from parents once children start kindergarten is oh my goodness, they sleep so great. And during online learning, that wasn't happening. And that's because the ch- that the children weren't outside as much as when we're at school. Oh. That's really interesting. I yes. I thought of that. My children sleep pretty good. Mm-hmm. So that's huge. But And that's, that's because that. they're, they're go, go, go all day, right? So that, um, uh, that's one of the things that I love the most hearing is that, you know, you know, you've done a good job when that child who may have had difficulty prior to coming into school sleeping is now sleeping through the night. <laughs> and I always check <laughs> Libby's under her nails and I look and I see how dirty they are and I say, oh. I love that. Have a good day today, kiddo. And have you noticed differences in? You know what? It's interesting. I was having this conversation with my daughter the other day during dinner, and um, I think for the most part, our parents have done a wonderful job. Um, Really first of all, letting, having their child go back to school, because I know that that was a big, um, the huge discussion for every family. And I think for many of my families, I think that knowing how much time we spend outdoors was really, um, comforting for parents, knowing that, um, what the classroom looked like at the beginning of the year and what it sort of continues to look like now, um, it really helped parents to know that, you know what, um, it's going to be okay. Right. And, uh, and I think that, you know, um, children are really resilient and they are excited each and every day to be in the classroom And there really isn't um, a lot of, I don't see the anxiety. I don't see children um, being like upset or um, I I, I think that really uh, is, uh, you know, for me reflected in what the parents have done to uh, say that, you know, we're, this is what we're going through right now. And, um, this is the way it has to be for a while. Um, but you know what? We're going to be okay in the end, as long as we do what we're supposed to do. And the kids are great at um, understanding 
why we're sanitizing our hands so much that, um, you know, we're, we're washing our hands. We're, you know, uh, keeping our distance when we're sitting and we're eating. And, um, so I think for us, it's, uh, um, it's, 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 it's working. Yes. And, and again, you know, it's a very difficult time for all of us. I mean, um, and, and the online was very, very challenging because, um, you know, children can't sit for that extended period of time. That's not their bodies, you know, are not meant to, to sit and just listen. And they, they, that's why the full day kindergarten program works so well, because children are fully present and are engaged and are, you know, moving around and all the rest. So, um, you know, we, we absolutely have restrictions, but we also have uh, a wonderful custodial staff that is, has really kept our classroom clean, especially Miss Sybil, who has done an amazing job. And, you know, we were sad to see her leave and go to another school because she ended up getting a full-time contract, but, um, that we it, it it's played a huge role in helping to keep us safe is is how clean those rooms have been so i the custodial staff uh, you know across the the you know the board have done a wonderful job It, it definitely you can sense the camaraderie. I mean, mm-hmm. I came on the school this year, but in the past, you can sense that, um, yeah, that everybody gets along and it's a kind. Uh, everybody complements each other and works together. It's really a lovely place to be. And I know I've said this before, but I'll say it again. If I would have been in your kindergarten oh. class, it certainly would have changed probably who I am. Nothing against um, my teachers. I went to a very wonderful school and I had a very great upbringing, but because I'm such an environmental steward and I love gardening and I love all things green, I think that it's nice that I'm able to vicariously live through my children and send them to such a... And and I think your your role this year with Parent Council, and I hope that you will continue... Um, that role for many, many years to come will certainly benefit the entire school community. So it's, it's amazing how things sort of, you know, uh, end up happening in life. Uh, You never know. I always say to my children, when one door closes, another one opens. Um, And that, uh, that can be the same for sort of, you know, what you're doing right now for uh, with this podcast and definitely with the school and um, because leadership is so, so important and um, and it's, it's all in how you go about presenting and in how you go about sharing. And, and I think that um, for our students at Dr. David Suzuki, we, you know, we are in, the perfect opportunity, we have the perfect um, 
opportunity to help build understanding and to help uh, others understand um, how important it is for us to take care of our environment and for us to help others to understand that. And, and we do that by, by living it, right? So I, I, I see the future has very, being very, very bright. That's a, I couldn't agree more, especially seeing it every day and, and specifically in that school. I think that it's only going to get better from here. Um, so I thank you. It probably wraps up everything that I wanted to talk no, about. No, I just like really enjoyed this. You're just so are. easy to talk to. You're natural. Right. Truly. <laughs> I, 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 bit interviewed by many many people and uh thank you well you that uh it, i just feel so um uh I've, i felt so comfortable speaking to you i think well you you encouraged me back last year or maybe two years ago you've been around we've known each other for a few years now but to write a blog and I had been thinking about it and then I the podcast thing came up and I thought why not talk, speak it out instead of write it out so you, you definitely sparked it. my I'm so looking to forward to hearing passion, um so. you know all of your podcasts I don't think I'll listen to mine but I'll listen to others <laughs> yeah <laughs> You should. I, I know that what you've said uh, will definitely educate, <laughs> for lack of a better term, and uh, it will. Absolutely. Send some you are to people. So, so welcome. Anytime. Time today. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take right. care. Have oh, a great night. Thank you. And I will talk to you soon. Okay. See you tomorrow. Bye bye. Okay,